the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Our communion message this morning is entitled, Sanctified Satisfaction. Now, this is Communion Sunday, so you might expect a sermon like this. A sermon that deals with the issue of being satisfied. Remember, the word sanctification carries two things. It's, it's, it's a progressive work of the Holy Spirit that deals with the transformation of our hearts and the transitioning of our hearts. It is a process. The moment you and I came to faith in Jesus, those two things begin to happen. You're being transformed in the heart. What is that transformation for? The transformation is that so that we can reflect the glory of God and advance His kingdom into a lost and dying world. There is a change. There's a transformative change that happens in a person's life so that we can be the light that Jesus says that we ought to be, so that we can glorify and magnify the name of Jesus. At the same time, our hearts are being transitioned so that our focus will be towards eternity. Those two things are happening. Our focus is is slowly moving from the earthly things, the things of this world, towards uh, the the ultimate goal of our life, and that is to enjoy God forever in eternity. And that's why when you hear sermons like this, they're intended to focus us on that process of sanctification. So, so be mindful as we enter the Lord's table, as we sup with the Lord. Just, you know, there's nothing complicated about the points in the sermon. There's nothing profound about them. But they are based on the scriptures. They are taught by Jesus to his disciples. Our text is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 25 to 66. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. This is verse 35, but our text will start on verse 25. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, You have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up in the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. 
Again, our text will begin in verse 25, but for the sake of time, we'll just, we'll just go dive in when we get to the point. I want to read to you a snippet from someone who's having a real crisis of, uh, uh, on her looks, of how she looks. Okay? I don't know who the author is who wrote it, but it gives us an insight of how one person uh, looks at herself, at her obsession at how she looks. It's entitled, Why Can't I Just Cover All the Mirrors? Why can't I just cover all the mirrors? They cause me so many problems. Yet I will never allow another to see my hidden tears that only come out to play when they are mixed with my fears. I know that the way I feel and think doesn't make sense. It's as if all my logical thoughts are blocked away with an emotional fence. Were your shoulders always so broad? Do you always look like that? I never noticed my face was so fat. So why can't I just cover all the mirrors? I wouldn't have to see my flaws. Maybe I'd be happy. Or maybe it's the world that's so crappy, and it's the world that makes me think like this. Oh, look at her. Isn't she beautiful? Because her fat goes to her butt and not her stomach. Her stomach is flat. Everybody must think she's, a, uh, she's, she's got class. Oh, but just wait. It's not all like this all the time. Once in a blue moon, a thought comes around saying, Hey, you stop worrying. You're fine. And they'll stay for a while. And honestly, everything's great. You'll be proud of what you see. And not think so much of what you ate. And you'll have peace. Until you take a good look. At your face again. Why can't I just shut all the mirrors? Are you satisfied with what you see in front of you when you look in the mirror? It's not uncommon. I think we're humans, and there's always that dissatisfaction in each and every one of us, not only in the in the physical, but but who we are in general as people. And this is so prominent among celebrities who get they, who gets paid? Who get paid for looking good? In fact, uh, you know, one famous one. I think uh, I've shared this story before. Jennifer Aniston, the actress, uh, shared her uh, youthful beauty uh, uh, tips, and she said she uses laser therapy and chemical peels that cost her one thousand one hundred eighty-six dollars per month. But that's just the start. Miss Aniston also uses makeup spray. Uh, tanning spray, uh, private yoga sessions, a personal dietitian, and a celebrity trainer. According to Yahoo, it costs her quite a bit to look like herself. Her monthly beauty bill comes to a conservative $11,933 per month. So to maintain Miss Aniston's look for a year, you're looking at around $141,000 to look like her. It's a lot of money. In my opinion... Somebody who looks like her can go to Walmart and spend $10 and look just as great. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. Uh, not, not her, just not, you know, I mean, it, in general. I mean, it's football season and they're signing these players to contracts. Somebody got offered $50 million to play and said it wasn't enough. His market value, he says, is $175 million. I'd be happy somebody give me $1,000 to be on the field. But before we jump all over their case. We need 
to ask ourselves the same question. Before we think that these people are so vain and that they're so bad, they're so unsatisfied, we need to examine our own pursuit of satisfaction. What is your level of satisfaction in your life right now? How satisfied are you in your marriage or in your relationships in general? What about your job? How satisfied are you with where you are in your career? And of course, every pastor will ask the inevitable question, how satisfied are you with God? How satisfied are you with your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you satisfied with where you are in terms of your relationship with God? I frame the question to ask where you are. Where are we in our level of satisfaction with God? Because the, uh, as, as, as Christians, we're still human. And when, when we, often, we often try to, to qualify our relationship with God in completely different terms. Terms that's foreign to God. We often try to qualify our relationship with God, you know, consistent with our Western way of thinking. You know, I mean, if, if, if I, I examine myself in light of my Western enculturation, I would say something like, yes, I have invited Jesus to come into my life. In fact, I heard that growing up in church. Preachers come and say, I want you to come and invite the Lord in your life, you know. It kind of sounds good. You know, when we enter worship, growing up, I hear people saying, you know, let's welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And let's ask the, ask the Holy Spirit to come and, and be free to do what He wants to do. We want to welcome His presence in our midst. And I hate to say this, but that's a concept that's completely foreign to what the gospel teaches. We don't ever get to dictate how the presence of God is experienced in our life. God gets to dictate His presence. God gets to dictate how He should be worshipped. God gets to dictate how that relationship with Him is established. And I want to make that a very special emphasis because we live in a very different culture now. We're in the, we are centered on our own um, uh, mechanisms and our own preferences. You tell people about Jesus right now, and, and I can tell you this without a shadow of the doubt, the frame of thinking is towards bringing Jesus into their life. But that's foreign to scriptures. Let me give you some scriptures this morning that might shed some light on how this thing works, how this relationship with Jesus works. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew 19, 21, Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. Here's another one, Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, and children, brothers, and sisters, yet even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Let me give you another one, John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said with a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty 
Come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You see, loved ones, it's not about Jesus being invited to come into our life. It's about us hearing his call to come to him. And it makes a big difference how we as Christians think. When we enter into a relationship with God, it is based on what God said about that relationship. It's on the basis of what God has said to us. It's on the basis of what Jesus said. And Jesus, in more than one occasion, will say, Come to me. Come. Follow me. We get to make that choice to follow Jesus. God will never drag anybody in this room to a relationship with him. Never. That will never happen. You and I will have to make that volitional choice to come to him. That's the only time we can find true satisfaction in life. Satisfaction is a big piece of the Christian life. Because dissatisfaction is the sin of the garden. Okay? It's rooted all the way back to the first two people in this earth. If you think about it, that's when this this dissatisfaction with God has began. And we still carry it with us. We are born into that dissatisfied state of being separated from God. Nobody has ever awakened from their sleep and says, how am I going to love God today? No, our predisposition is to serve ourselves, is to really focus on what's in it for me. And so we need to be aware that this dissatisfaction with God is rooted in the garden. God said to Adam and Eve, you can have everything you want in this garden. Everything's yours. Enjoy it. Just don't mess with this tree of the knowledge and good and evil. And guess where they pitched their tent? They camped out right on that tree. Why? Because they were dissatisfied with everything that God has given them. They wanted what they cannot have. Still true for many today. Still true for many Christians. Let me say this. No one, no one but Jesus alone can satisfy the deepest longings of the soul. And so when you come to faith in Jesus, that transformation and that transition is beginning to happen. Don't reject it. Let the Spirit operate, so to speak, and you and I need to cooperate with the Spirit's work. Perhaps you're here this morning and you want to come to the table of the Lord. And as you have done many times, this is Communion Sunday. This is the, Lord, the celebration of the Lord's Supper. But you really don't know anything about it. Let me tell you that we come to the table of the Lord. When we do that, we're not only coming to remember what He has done. We're not only remembering the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus has done. We're also remembering the victory that he has accomplished for humanity. We're also celebrating the, the victory of the redemptive plan of God that was demonstrated by Jesus on the cross. When we partake of the bread and drink from the cup, we're celebrating much more than that historical event in the, in the, in the history of the gospel, in the history of our life. We're celebrating the act of being satisfied with what God has to offer on that table. There's no other name that God has given by which we can be saved, but only by the name of Jesus. And when, when we come to the table this morning, I want you to know God is looking for that satisfaction. Jesus is it. There's no other 
way by which we can come to the table and reject that which God has already offered. Okay? So just, just to frame our minds when we, when we receive communion this morning, it's about being satisfied with Jesus. It's about being content with who Jesus is, who he said he is, what he has said, what he has done. We need to accept that. We need to be satisfied in that. We cannot look into anything else. I'm speaking to some skeptics right now who wants to find other answers. Did you know that the, the, the Bible says, Jesus says, the, the cosmos, the heavens declare the glory of God. Okay? So many people will still reject that, 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 that cosmic evidence of the existence of God. I want, you to let, I want to let you know right now that the fact that you exist is a testimony that there's a God who made that existence. I also want to let you know that all of us in this room and everybody else out there, we are part of that cosmic drama in God's plan. Okay? We're all part of that. That's how God decided that this whole system would work. Okay? And he has given us the, cosmo, the, 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 the cosmological evidence so that we can believe that God exists by the mere existence that we have. Why is there something instead of nothing? It's because God made it so. I want you to keep that in mind. And God is not going to have any kind of altered plan just to satisfy the things that we question in our minds. There are certain truths that we need to accept. As Christians this morning, let me get back to the points of the sermon. There are certain truths uh, that, that, that we need to know when we approach the presence of God, okay, so that we can find that satisfaction that we need. And I want you to listen very carefully, not because they're profound points, but simply because they're ingrained in the gospel, okay? There are four things this morning very quickly before we have communion. Number one, the first truth that we need to acknowledge and accept in order to find satisfaction in the presence of God is this, that we must accept that the root of our problem is in fact spiritual. The root of our problems, the root of our issues that we face in life that causes us dissatisfaction, it's spiritual, John chapter 6, verse 25. Let me just read, you know, that verse this morning. When they found him on the other side of the lake, this is, the, this is Jesus, this is uh, uh, those disciples, those who are following Jesus. They asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, verily, verily I say to you, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. And let me give you a little bit of a context on, on this chapter. Jesus just performed an outstanding miracle. He fed 5,000 people. Right there, there are 5,000 people. You know when 5,000 people get fed, they tend to follow the person that, that fed them. <laughs> okay, And that's what really happened. He did an outstanding miracle, and people really got so jazzed up. 
And they wanted to follow Jesus wherever he went. So he said to his disciples, go on right ahead, get on the boat. I need to hide from these people so that they won't see me. Uh, you go on ahead and I'll follow you. And in the process of Jesus following his disciples while they were on the boat crossing the, the lake, Jesus performed another outstanding miracle. He, he showed his disciples that he can walk on water. And so that was an outstanding miracle. When the crowds finally caught up with him, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And this is when Jesus confronted them with the true motive that they have, the true nature of why uh, they were motivated to follow him. And Jesus said, you follow me because... You've been fed. You didn't follow me because of me. You didn't follow me because of what I had to say. You didn't follow me because, even because of the miracles. You followed me because I satisfied some aspect of your life. I satisfied, in this case, your physical need for food. What Jesus was saying to those who were looking for him is this, that they, they, them following him was not really a sincere gesture. It's simply, they're simply motivated by their desire to be satisfied in an area of their life, their flesh, their body. But spiritually, they're still dead and they're still dying. Jesus is saying, you worship me because of what I can do, not really because of who I am. And, and all of us are guilty of that focus at one time or another in, or another in our life. That, 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 you know, we, we, we kind of follow him. We kind of put our faith in him because of what we know and what we think he can do. You know, that's the sign of immature faith. Worshiping God according to our terms. Now, we elevate our physical needs over our spiritual needs. You know, not that our physical needs are not important to God. It's just our spiritual needs are far more important to God than our physical needs. God is more interested in our soul than what our body goes through. And I know, I know many people reject that, that notion. But it, nevertheless, it's, it's very evident, you know, in, in our life. You know, we feed our bodies. You know, I mean, we eat. Three times a day. If you're like me, you eat six times a day. Because it's important to feed our body. But God is saying it's more important to feed your soul. It's more important to feed your soul. It's your soul that deals more with God, not your body, right? I mean, it's the soul that communicates with God. It's the soul that truly seeks hard after God. It's the soul that has an awareness of God. And it's the soul that will look at God eye to eye. And God is saying, your soul is more important than your body needs. Don't worry, later on I will give you a new body. Don't have to worry about that. But for now, as we're being transformed and transitioned, your soul and my soul are far more important to God than anything else. Now, physical food is important, right? But when was the last time that you said to yourself, oh, that burger gave me a lot of hope? <laughs> that burger doesn't give you hope. Only the Word of God can give us hope, and yet we focus on that. Oh, that pastor really encouraged me today. 
This is what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Imagine if all of us here in this church and all of the Christians in the world hunger and thirst for righteousness. We will be the healthiest creatures on earth when it comes to spiritual things. We, we know all about this thing. We know all about the food analogy of the Word of God being fed in our spirits. When you, when you get you don't want to go to work, you call in sick. I, I know some of you may still do that, right? What do you do when you're not really sick, but you call in sick just so that you can have a day off? You fake your illness. You, you, you fake your voice on the phone. <laughs> I just can't come in today. You know, I'm not feeling well. Then after you hang up the phone, you got, hung, you got so hungry and you feed yourself a big breakfast. If you have an appetite, you're not sick. Spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. You're sick spiritually if you don't have an appetite for the Word of God. I mean, that's just as simple as that. You know, we have appetite for the physical. But when it comes to the spiritual, are we hungering and thirsting for the things of God? It's a sign of our level of satisfaction in this world. Check your spiritual appetite and it'll show you a great deal. It'll show me a great deal about my satisfaction with God. But that's not all. Secondly, we need to accept no substitute but for the true answer that Jesus has, has to offer. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 10.30 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.